Yo, partnership alert, partnership alert, partnership alert. Living Corporate has a partnership with LinkedIn Learning, an American massive open online course provider that provides video courses taught by industry experts across a wide array of subjects. Now, the partnership is because Living Corporate has courses on LinkedIn Learning focused on diversity, equity, inclusion for leaders, career professionals, and anyone really looking to upskill themselves and be better allies. So make sure you check out our courses on LinkedIn Learning by clicking the link in the show notes. And let's just say you don't want to do that. You go to LinkedIn Learning on LinkedIn, search Living Corporate. We'll be right there. All right. Peace. What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate. And look, I'm going to tell you straight up. I'm really excited about the interview we had today. The interview that we were able to bring to y'all today, um, it was with the uh, the global head of diversity, equity, inclusion at Thumbtack. And uh, her name is Deanna Smith. And what I appreciated about the conversation was it was frank. It was honest. Um, and I, it felt sincere. Right. Um, even when you kind of you and we, we talk about their, their strategy and the things that they're doing and some of their programming, and it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. And I love the fact that Deanna, um, she didn't really shy away from some some challenging questions I asked her considering thumbtacks on history with their own DEI teams and leadership. And uh, frankly, just the um, chaos that was last year um, in, in a variety of frames. So really excited about that. Now, look, I'm. Um, before we get there, we're going to tap in with Tristan, okay? So I will be back. Next is Tristan, and you'll hear me talking to Deanna Smith, the Global Head of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Thumbtack. See you in a minute. What's going on, Living Corporate? It's Tristan, and I want to thank you for tapping back in with me as I provide some tips and advice for professionals. Today, I want to talk about a couple of reasons you may be getting kicked out of the applicant tracking systems. Now, if you've been listening to my tips for a while, you know what an applicant tracking system, or ATS, is. But for those who don't, it's a computer system used to manage, sort, and filter online job applications. Think of it this way. The average job posting gets anywhere from 150 to 250 applicants. Sometimes recruiters have 10 or 15 jobs that they are responsible for filling, which means they can easily have up to 3,000 resumes to sift through. Instead of going through each one, they use this system to weed people out. A 2018 study done by JobScan found that 98% of Fortune 500 companies use these systems. Just like every other man-made system, these systems are not perfect. They make errors, and some quirks can filter out even the most qualified candidates. But there are a few things you can do to make sure you aren't frivolously filtered out. First, do not put your name and contact information in the header or footer of your document. While it may seem like the best way to ensure your contact information is on every page, most systems cannot read these sections. This can result in you getting those dreaded denial emails almost immediately. I suggest always putting your name and contact information at the top of the page right below the header. 
Next, while the columns and graphics may look visually appealing, they can make your document difficult for the ATS to decipher and may sometimes result in you getting kicked out no matter how qualified you are. If you aren't sure how the system may read your format, save your document as an unformatted text file or document. If you can read it and nothing is missing, then you're all set. If there are issues, you should change your format. If you love your columns and graphics, I typically suggest creating a more streamlined version of your resume to apply with and utilizing the more formatted version to hand directly to people as a statement piece once you land the interview. Lastly, I think the most common thing people know the applicant tracking system for is scanning for keywords from the job description. If you aren't sure how to identify keywords to include in your resume, I suggest visiting the website www.jobscan.co. There you can input your resume and a job description. They will then analyze your resume against that job description to identify keywords that may be missing from your document. From there, you can work to incorporate as many of them as you can organically. If you want to make your job search a bit smoother, work on making your resume easy for the ATS to understand so you aren't automatically kicked out of the system. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. Deanna, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? You know, I'm doing well. Um, it is, uh, it's been a lot going on, as you know, right? Absolutely. Oh, whole panorama outside, you know, yes. you know, right? So, um, and then this new variant. So I'm over here trying to keep extra distance. I'm doing uh, 20 foot distancing now. <laughs> Absolutely. We're ducking and diving over here too. I'm in Atlanta and it's, you know, it's, it's rampant and, and governors fighting everything. It's, yeah, it's crazy. So let's talk about, you know, <clears throat> your journey into DEI. You're the head of, of DEI for Thumbtack. I'm curious, like, what led you to this space? <clears throat> Yeah, interestingly enough, um, I grew up, I'm originally from LA. I grew up in New Orleans. Um, the neighborhood that I grew up in New Orleans was, I would say, predominantly black, but it was all black. Uh, you know, your, your grocery stores, my teachers, church, mailman. Uh, and so I was really sheltered from a lot of things as a young child. Um, and I went to high school, a private all girl white Catholic high school, and had a rude awakening. Um, to being introduced to white supremacy to the point where we had, had I'm going to date myself a bit, but we had a uh, governor's, uh, mock governor's race and, and David Duke won. Like, oh, yes, yes. Yes. So it was, you know, it was pretty blatant. And so um, it weren't, there weren't many of us. And um, it was then that I realized that like, no, this is not okay. No, I don't, you know, I am started speaking up. I started um helping other students that were concerned about things and um, ended up with our first Black History Club, our first Black History program, uh, went to the Archdiocese of New Orleans about things that needed to, to change and just found my voice uh, and, and realized that I could actually make change. Like I could see something I didn't like and change it. And that's really where it started for me. Um, I left there and went to Howard. So I'm like, okay, I'm good now. <laughs> So I went on home, went to HBC, right, right. Uh, where I could be sheltered for a few other years and just yeah. saw all black excellence. I was in the School of Communication and just 
Um, so I knew, I always knew I was going to do something around advocacy. I've always been very conscious and, and, um, but I didn't know it would be corporate DEI. Of course, I didn't know that. I thought that maybe I'd be a civil rights attorney or mm. um, something in, in, in the media giving voice. And so, um, I, you know, my corporate path, I started right out of school in radio and, um, did that for a few years and somehow got into recruiting and went into corporate like, oh my God, you know, and felt like as a recruiter, I actually had an opportunity to change that. Um, but I could only do so much. You know, I was a little younger, a little naive, thinking I could, you know, go change the world. Um, and so then I started figuring out how to get things changed in, in uh, corporate and been doing it ever since. You know, I find I find Thumbtack's story really interesting, right? We look at the last year and Thumbtack's initial decision to lay off their DEI team, but then reverse it due to company protests. So you're coming to this space, like, it just seems unique to me. Like, talk to me about, if you can, what the conversation with Thumbtack looked like in accepting to be their new global head of DNI. Absolutely. So I can't, I can only kind of speak to my own personal experience with Thumbtack, which is what I'll, I'll focus on here. But, you know, I joined 10 months ago. And as you mentioned, it was um, in October 2020. So it was post-George Floyd, murder of George Floyd, um, Black Lives Matter, you know, covid and um, I was very, you know, explicit very early on about, you know, what I do and how I do it. Um, lip service doesn't work. I'm not the right person if you just want to check a box. Um, I am about measurable change, I'm about holding feet to the fire, mine included, and, and senior leadership. And um, Marco, who's our CEO, and Cedar senior leadership team knew fully were fully aware of what you know what I was coming uh, coming to do, and have been so supportive. I mean, in the sense that my budget has more than tripled since I've been there, and I've only been here there ten months. Um, I went from a team of just me. This was a newly created. We never had a head of DEI, by the way. Um, so this was a newly created role, and I have a team of four people, um, and we are, you know, we're making really incremental changes, and and so the support and the commitment has been shown through action, uh, not just words. That's really helpful. You know, it's interesting uh, to your point around like kind of putting folks' feet to the fire and accountability, and you know, there's more and more conversations around you know, data analytics being the means by which DEI becomes more tangible and strategic. Talk to me about Thumbtack's perspective on data and its connection with organizational equity. Oh, absolutely. So obviously, you know, being a tech company, we are extra, extra data driven, um, which has always been a huge interest for, for me, even coming out of, I came out of like corporate from Delta Airlines and, you know, working in other uh, companies that were um, metric driven, but not nearly as much as tech companies where everything is, um, is. So I've been really pleasantly surprised with our ability to gather data, the things that we report on. Um, so my role as global head of DEI is a little different than um, some DEI roles in that I am focused on uh, kind of three pillars. One is people. So that'd be all your traditional TA development, et cetera, product. So also product inclusion, uh, measuring bias on our platform, um, and also community. And for us, that is social impact as well as diversity suppliers. So I'm measuring a number of things. Um, on the product side, you know, at what we do at Thumbtack, we're a platform that connects um, small business owners with people that are looking for folks to do work. We have a tremendous amount of underrepresented minorities um, on our platform. And so it's been really interesting to look at our data where we skew 
higher than the countrywide demographics um, and how those folks are, are being able to grow their company may not have, you know, big marketing budgets or MBAs. And so we're looking at how we're being able to make incremental change there. Of course, we have our recruitment dashboards where we're looking at our pipeline, our hiring. Uh, we All of the changes that I recommend, the strategy that I recommend, I'm always leading with data and metrics. And so we are definitely, um, now I do also tell them as well, like, you know, it doesn't tell the whole story, right? And so we, we've got to know that, but I also understand business. And I understand, you know, if it doesn't get measured, oftentimes it doesn't exist or doesn't matter. And whether fair or not, uh, you know, we've got to learn to play the game if we want to be in it. 100%. You know, it's interesting. You talked a little bit about about recruitment. Talent acquisition and talent management are like two of probably the lowest hanging fruits for, for DEI um, in that organizations are constantly trying to recruit black and brown talent, or they say they are, right? So they'll do, maybe they have some type of HBCU partnership, or they figure out some, maybe some of them even have like some type of divine nine talent channel. Um, and then there's, you know, people maybe be reaching out to like the Afrotechs or the Jopwells of the world as like talent pools for recruitment. I I'm curious though, like what is Thumbtack doing to recruit and retain, retain yes. black and brown talent, right? Because so often we think about that, let's get them in the door, but it's like, we don't have the things to oh actually keep gosh. them here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, a couple things. So all the things you mentioned, we do all that too. But in addition, <laughs> in addition to the Afrotex, and, you know, this is actually the first time we've ever had partnerships with HBCUs and um, H and Hispanic Serving Institute. So I'm really excited about this year. It's going to make, a, I mean, tremendous change in the folks that we're recruiting, obviously. Um, but also in addition to that, one of the things I'm really, really excited about at Thumbtack is that we have made the decision to be remote first company. Mm. Uh, we were headquartered in San Francisco. Our other big office was in Salt Lake City. So we were limited for our diversity of Salt Lake City and San Francisco. So as you can imagine, we had our challenges. Um, now that we are able to, you know, recruit across the Southeast and New York and Texas, you know, Atlanta, we literally made a major um, business decision about how and where we were going to work with inclusion and diversity on the forefront. So. I was at those conversations. I, you know, we were thinking, go back to the office, hybrid, remote. I even pushed back on hybrid because most of our diversity is gonna come from these other places. So then we had this culture of everyone in San Francisco meeting in person and all your diverse folks being somewhere else on Zoom and not having that same time. Um, and, you know, we ended up deciding remote first. So I think that that's another kind of unique thing that we're doing. Now, as far as retention, I am huge on a couple of things. One is um, I do a number of audits around our performance management system, looking at everything from ratings to promotion rates and looking at them across levels, looking at gender, race, um, looking to make sure that we don't see inequality there. Um, in addition to that, we are, um, I just recently partnered with McKinsey, uh, who has a black leadership academy uh, for executives as well as one for middle managers. And so we've partnered with them and we're sending seven of our uh, five of our black managers and two of our black executives through McKinsey's program. Come on, um, Thumbtack. All right. Yes. I'm like, we're going to put our, our money and our time. Where <laughs> all right. Yes. And a part of that, uh, McKinsey has a whole program built out, but I've um, also created internally where now they all have executive sponsors. They're going to attend a, uh, have an executive diversity council with our that I co um, that I co chair with our CEO and all of his uh, reports are there. They will be able to attend those quarterly meetings, present what they're working on, be up for stretch projects. So like we are like really 
putting you know, measurable and, and making sure that we're doing things. So the folks that we have there are ready when these opportunities come open. Oh, wow. That's incredible. You know, it's, you know, that it kind of, it really leads me well to this next question, which is these DEI roles are often like revolving doors, right? You think about like, you know, I save like literally a couple of people in my network. And I'm thinking about like Danny over at Dropbox. Yeah. Uh, most folks are, they're finding somewhere new every 18 to 24 months. Like, you know, you're, you're at month 10. Yeah. Talk to me about what you envision for yourself in this role. And just, you know, like, I I feel like, you know, that like, like how, how does that impact how you think about your role today at Thumbtack? Yeah, that's a, and that's an excellent question. So I I went into Thumbtack, um, you know, I, I know how this works, like you said, and, and that tends to, and there's a couple reasons that that is right. So oftentimes it's because, we, we get excited, we come to the companies and we are you know kind of told we're gonna have all the support and then we get there and it's not happening. Um, or, uh, you know, in this particular market, uh, you know, folks are snagging DEI uh, people wherever they can. Um, that was part of the reason for me coming into Thumbtack. It was important for me to have this holistic view of DEI. Um, I, that's the reason why, you know, these three pillars of employees, products and suppliers uh, was important to me because I need the variety for one. Um, also, I know in order for the things that I'm working on at Thumbtack to be uh, effective, that I can't just do that just sitting in HR. I need it to touch across engineering and product. And um, and so for me, I've got so much work to do. Um, you know, we are we are on a great path, but we've got so much work to do. Um, so as long as we're making progress and I'm having the type of support that I'm having, you know. We all plan, I guess, to, to, to stick it out. But, you know, I, I just feel like most of the time when we leave, it's because we don't have the support that we need of the company that we're in. And so then we want to go and, and try and hope, you know, the next one will. And so uh, for me, it's the variety. It's the holistic view uh, that I think is um, really kind of keeping me, will keep me here. So, you know, you're, you're not, and we talk again, 10, month 10, you're not even a year at Thumbtack yet. So what are you most excited about? And then... On the flip side, what are you most anxious about? Yeah, so what I'm most excited about um, and what I'm most anxious about is actually the same thing, which is interesting, but um, I'm most excited about the opportunities we have with this future of work, uh, with going, becoming remote, with uh, the opportunities we have to like increase our pool of, of you know qualified, diverse uh, workers. So I'm super excited about that. The other thing that I'm excited about is I'm, ex- I'm excited about, you know, what remote work also means is that me bringing companies, you know, a company from the Valley to, you know, folks in Jackson, Mississippi, folks in St. Louis, you know, places where, uh, you know, cost of living is, is, is much less, less opportunity and they have opportunities, but have the skill set, you know, et cetera. And so I am so excited about, connecting those folks with the amazing work and the amazing product that we're building at Thumbtack. So that's what I'm most excited about. I'm most anxious also about the future of work, right? Because I want to make sure that if we're bringing folks in, um, that we are equipped to support folks, you know, um, belonging was tough when we were in the office. It has a whole nother level, you know, when we're, when we're remote. Right. Um, I want to make sure that our, our, our managers and our people leaders are able to, you know, understand psychologically safe meetings. And we're having quite, we're having meetings now about what are microaggressions and just understanding things that, to be honest, haven't had to been discussed a whole lot because we weren't very diverse. And so 
that's the thing that I really am focused about. You know, I'm really fortunate that the employees and the leaders at Thumbtack really get it, really, really care. Uh, so much so, our, our Black employee um, ERG, 95% of the members are not Black. Wow. It's folks that want to be allies. It's folks that want to learn. It's folks that want to do mm -hmm. better. We have a very unique employee base. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes, but I also know we're going to have to pivot. I also know we're going to, you know, make mistakes. And um, all I can do is make sure that I'm there. Like I did in high school, standing in the gap, making sure folks voice are heard and, and, you know, changing things as we can. Deanna, this has been a super dope conversation. Um, shout out to you and the work that you're doing. Thank you. Uh, the incredible programs that y'all are leading over there at Thumbtack. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to uh, to keep lines of communication open. We can yes. you know touch base as the journey continues. I'd love that. And uh, and uh, we'll look. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. That sounds good. Thanks, Zach. Living Corporate is brought to you by the Group Chat, a biweekly web show in the Living Corporate Network that tackles diversity, equity, and inclusion topics. Your jobs legal and HR departments would never let fly with topics like white supremacy at work, finding out that I'm a Karen decolonizing D E and I racial gaslighting at work and imposter syndrome while black, you may be able to see why, but you may also be able to see why so many folks love it between our incredible host and our guests, which range from fortune 500 executives to academics, to activists, to entrepreneurs every other Saturday at 10 AM central standard is something special. So make sure you check out the group chat on livingcorporate.tv. And we're back. Look, I want to shout out Deanna. I want to shout out Thumbtack. Thank y'all. Uh, reaching out to Living Corporate. Really appreciate the conversation. Excited about what Thumbtack is doing. And look, I hope that people are hearing in this season uh, that the run-of-the-mill stuff that you've been doing for DEI, what you think passes as DEI, will not hold up anymore, right? The tides are changing, expectations are shifting, we're, we're fundamentally rethinking. I mean, when I say we, I mean I'm talking about the corporate space. Fundamentally rethinking the relationship between uh, employer and employee. And if you don't think that DEI is tightly interwoven in all of that, you are mistaken. And so my hope is, as you think through, I'm talking to the DEI practitioners, the leaders, the, you know, the executives, as you think about your programming, as you think about what is truly impactful and what's going to drive retention, what's going to drive higher engagement. If those things aren't connected to something tangible, measurable, um, and um, that does not, if those things do not reward um, the, the most marginalized uh, of those groups, then they're not going to be anything that's going to really be worth writing home about. Right. And so it's important to think about those pro like think about what you're doing, like how integrated, how strategic is it? How 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 much does it really um, meld with the way that your company does business? Is it is it positioned to not be an afterthought? And so, again, as I as I talk to Deanna on and off the record, I'm just really excited for her. I'm thankful for her time. I uh, I appreciate y'all, man. Look, this is this started off as just like something to do, right? Living Corporate is a whole network now. I'm really excited about that. You know, next week we have um, we have some podcasts coming, right? We have the Break Room, which started off as a live show. I'm just gonna continue forward as a podcast. We're gonna we're gonna continue forward with our live shows with uh, the group chat, um, 
And, um, you know, I'm thankful for Vonda Page. She's been doing great work. If you aren't familiar with the group chat, click the link in the show notes. And I'm also excited about the fact that we have e-learning that's available through um, LinkedIn as a partnership that we have with them. And so I want you to click the link in the show notes if you want to learn more about um, about diversity, equity, inclusion. If you'd like to um, get some leadership training, there's some really great content uh, in the link in the show notes. Okay. Um, listen, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a coworker, tell a supervisor, tell a subordinate about Living Corporate and encourage them to give a five stars on Apple Podcasts. Right. Best thing you could do. Um, we are a whole network. Right. And so I'm, I'm really excited because we have a channel page where you can see all of our different podcasts. Shout out to the entire team. Till next time, y'all, this has been Zach. You've been listening to Living Corporate. Peace, y'all. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.